In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly podcast where we answer your questions. Thank you for sending us so many great questions this week. With me today is Layla Muden, who is our nutritionist in residence. And she and I uh, work together to answer questions on a weekly basis. So uh, how you doing, Layla? I mean, it's this is uh, my first work day after daylight saving time oh man jet lag jet lag Here's a, <laughs> this is the thing i mean i gotta say yeah. um you know i i went at it with a positive attitude and i mm-hmm. said it's sunday i'm gonna adapt i'm gonna try and do you know exercise at a certain time and i'm gonna try and eat you know because you can actually define your circadian rhythm by eating according to the time zone yes that's one of the ways to adjust so i you know i put myself on the right schedule i ate it was like Sunday worked like a charm. Monday had a good day. This morning, you know, I we have ten o'clock patients, mm-hmm. and I wake up at eight thirty. Oh, that's late. Which was really seven thirty. Right. That would be like sleeping in for me because I'm usually up at about six thirty yeah, in the morning. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. So I it was like sleeping in plus an hour. Mm. So I'm like I'm scrambling to you know get you know my clothes on you know bring you know my my brown bag lunch. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, get dressed, clean up. And, oh, no. uh, you know, it's like, fortunately, I have a short walk to get here. But, you know, yeah. I just, I feel, you know, mm-hmm. so folks, if we make some errors today, <laughs> uh, cut us some slack because it's actually been shown that medical personnel commit something like 9.3% uh, in greater errors. Really? In the first week after the after time spring change. forward or yes. It's, or it's actually worse with yeah. fallback is, is an extra hour. So yeah, we get an extra Spring hour. forward, you lose an hour. Yeah, so, exactly. So we are, we are, you know, DWI, driving right. while impaired. Right. We're BW, we're broadcasting yeah. while impaired. I was up, you know, 9.30, 10.30 last night saying, why aren't I sleepy? Because it's really 9.30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just a little off and I, I yeah. it usually hits me like a couple of days later. Mm. It as try as I might. Yeah. You know. So anyway, yeah. so here we be. Uh, hopefully you are adjusting uh, well. And it was great controversy about this daylight savings time. They're trying to, uh, in many countries in Europe, they're abandoning it, uh, have already abandoned or will be planning to abandon it. 
And uh, in certain states, I think in parts of Arizona, uh, Hawaii doesn't need it because they got plenty of sunlight anyway. Yeah. Uh, they already don't do it. Right. So, and I know parts of Europe, like in Switzerland, where my sister lives, yep. they do daylight savings time a week later. Oh. So right now they're five hours ahead instead of six hours ahead. Oh, and that's that's weird when we have the conversations. to because When I set up like yeah. a podcast with somebody who's in England or in, in Europe, yeah. uh, it, it it's... They, it's hard. We have to keep confirming. Like, are you? Here's What's the time. That? You know, this is the difference. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, just before we get to questions, I know we have a lot of them. I just, it's, it's so interesting how sometimes uh, drugs can be repurposed. Uh, so last week we had news of something called Luvox, which is a drug for obsessive compulsive disorder, being pretty effective against COVID nineteen. Huh. Now, it's not merely because you obsess less over COVID-19. Really, right. it has a biochemical, molecular biology, lock and key effect on the viral docking or, you know, the inflammatory wow. pathways that are involved in COVID. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, of course, there's hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And those keep, you know, every time I read an article, it's like, it works. It doesn't work. It works. It doesn't work. It mm. works. It's like... All to keep the public confused. I think so, you know. <laughs> uh, and then, so now, this is really interesting because they just came up with, well, another thing they came up with, they came up with a really effective antiviral medication. I can't even remember its name. But what I'm seeing is more and more they are developing treatments so that people who get serious COVID, you know, the ones yeah. who maybe not, didn't get the vaccine or, you know, whatever, uh, that it'll be less uh, I deleterious. I heard this one could be a game changer. I don't remember the name either. The antiviral. But yeah, 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 it's yeah. an antiviral. Yeah. So, and then now there's they're uh, going at looking at monoclonal antibodies, the same genre of medication that Trump got when he was in the hospital. Yes. And there's some there's a new cocktail that's supposed to be the bomb against COVID. But this one's really interesting. Proxalutamide. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that drug. Reduces COVID-19 mortality risk by 92%. So I'm thinking to myself, what kind of drug is that? It sounds a little bit like Lupron, which is an anti-androgen. Oh. An androgen blocker, which is used in prostate cancer. Yes. And has, it's not used in the United States very much, if at all, but uh, the research was done in Brazil. So, you know, it has to be replicated, uh, you know, elsewhere. But uh, what they found is that, uh, you know, remarkable reduction in mortality, 92% um, reduction in risk of dying and shortening the risk of hospital stay by nine days. Now, this is a drug that's been out there for a while. It's probably going to be fairly cheap. Mm -hmm. Uh, What could it possibly do to help COVID? Well, here's an interesting factoid, which is that COVID is worse in men than in women. And it's... That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it it may be that blocking androgens is a, is a way to help this, but it could be some off-target effect of the medication itself. Hmm. They don't even know exactly how it works. How they figured out that they could try it, I have no idea. It was developed for the treatment of prostate and breast cancer. So go wow. figure. I mean, look. But all that is good news because combined with, you know, the natural course of the pandemic, which may be waning anyway or not. I mean, we don't know which way these things go. But, you know, obviously in 1918, they had nothing and it went away. Right. 
Uh, right. And then we have the vaccination program, and we mm-hmm. have you know some degree of herd immunity. Yes. Um, you know, and it's enough a, people who've had it. It's a very strange time because then they keep talking about the variants. They're talking up the variants, the variants, the variants. And yeah. as if like, oh, you know, if you already had it, you could get it again. And the vaccine won't work as well in some people. Mm-hmm. So it this is a kind of a very uncertain time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, warmer days are approaching. Yet today it's freezing oh, uh, well, here in yeah. New York. It's sort of like I feel like uh, I'm in sort of a like a, a paradigm shifting time but i don't know which way the paradigm which way it's gonna go yeah it's like a chronic limbo yeah it's oh it's like a chronic purgatory it's really more what it's like (laughs) it's yeah yeah, it just keeps cycling back it's like the circles of the circles of covid hell yeah the circles of covid hell and my feet still don't like shoes and oh what else you know that's that's (laughs) we had a patient today who who she said she spent the whole like of covid you know barefoot at home at you home know. working from home and that and now she she can't wear shoes anymore because yeah. it's very uncomfortable yeah and her shoes. hips are uncomfortable and her you know she's all like yeah you're used to wearing shoes this is this is probably the most amount of time in your adult life where you are not wearing shoes for most of the day but we did hear an inspiring speech yeah. from the president where he said if we're good if we're good mm. and we all take the vaccine and we all remain socially distant and all wear masks mm. we might Mm-hmm. We might be able to have a small barbecue at the Fourth of July oh. with a few friends and family members. Oh, how nice! Same as before, and, in other words. Same <laughs> as last summer. Here's, but this is a what I'm friends. thinking: is mm-hmm. we're out where I spend weekends. It's a little bit of a raucous neighborhood. Uh huh. And uh, we have right, s- the Hamptons are yeah party yeah. town. And we have some neighbors. Uh huh. And they, so fireworks are illegal. Yes. They put on a fireworks show, an illegal fireworks show. Uh-huh. I'm not going to mention names, obviously. That's right. it's, we have that on the North Fork, too. Maintain anonymity. Uh-huh. They put on a fireworks show that could rival Grucci's. Wow. I, I mean, it is... I, I it, it, Really? It, oh, how fun. Well, it's fun, but it's a little scary. Okay. It's a little it's like... It's kind of close to your house. Yeah, it's a little bit shock and awe. Okay. And so you think people who have that kind of relationship to risk are going to lock down according to government directives because it didn't work with fireworks. Nah. No fireworks? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and That's so, right. And we're not talking about the most uh, non-compliant yahoos in the broad swath of America. Yes. Because there's a pockets of America where... They're not following rules. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to, you know. Well, here's to liberty. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's and, right. You know, let her rip. Yeah, I don't know why I'm living in New York anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get to questions. Yes. We have one from Fran. Uh, Fran is asking about EGCG. Is it good for cancer prevention? Because she's read articles that say it's great for cancer prevention, but then others that say the opposite. Does so it causes cancer? It, no, doesn't cause, but is not great oh. prevention. Well, I think that that's cancer. with just about everything. That's you know, true. Is that you're going to see everybody's going to find the nay study? I, so, for example, for yeah. example, uh, yesterday I heard a report that said that a study shows that the six-foot difference 
you know, the six, everybody's supposed to be six feet apart. Mm. That it's meaningless in terms of protection. It mm. doesn't confer, you know, whether it's six feet or three feet or, you know, yeah. or, or 12 feet. It makes no difference. That's what the study says. And it was yeah. in the International Journal of Immunology or something very authoritative. Mm. I hope it's getting airplay. Yeah. Well, here, then I look up studies on masking and social distancing. Mm -hmm. And it's all over the place. Some studies say yay and some studies say nay. This mm -hmm. is with something that should be fairly straightforward. Like, you know, it does it work or does it not? So, you know, with something like EGCG for cancer, that could easily fall within the realm of some studies say it works and some studies say it doesn't work. It's quite plausible that it does work because the way that EGCG got discovered as an anti-cancer agent is from big studies in China where they have a, they have a fairly high incidence of esophageal cancer. Yeah. Because uh, they smoke, because they, they drink. They smoke a lot, they, yeah. they drink like these home brews that are, you know, potentially carcinogenic and toxic, you know. And um, also be their terrible air. And, and what they found is, and the terrible, and, yeah. you know, a lot of factors. What they found is that people who drink uh, large amounts of green tea are dramatically protected against esophageal cancer. Yeah. So it definitely has some anti-cancer properties. Mm -hmm. Does it extend to breast cancer? I've included in, in, in my list of anti-breast cancer or nutrients. Or anti-any cancer. When, when we have patients with breast cancer, we say take EGCG. Yeah. We definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. So it is helpful for that. It's it. I've heard uh, the late Walter Crinian oh, okay. say at the last... IHS conference. When was the last time we were, I was there in person? Three years ago. An expert that, on uh, yeah. environmental toxicity. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, he was having a cup of green tea. He was up there with the panel. They were all talking. He said, "This is probably the most chemoprotective agent against cancer." Oh, okay. Is green tea, EGCG. Okay. okay. So, Fran, thank and, you for and, that question. I, and here's another example hmm. of uh, how it may work: is that uh, actually. In Europe, and I actually think this is on formula in the United States, uh, painting the cervix with an extract of EGCG mm. uh, has been shown to be uh, protective against the development of cervical cancer from the precancer. Wow. And it is, it may also be antiviral because that is actually a, yes. a viral causation of cancer. So right. it's a inter really interesting compound. Wouldn't that be great if that became like a treatment? Every time a woman goes in for a pelvic exam or something like that, Paint here's with some green EGCG. Tea. Paint the cervix with EGCG. Why not? Um, can you patent that? I mm. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see where I'm Great going. Great answer, Dr. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do, do not try this at home. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Don't paint your cervix with EGCG. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't douche with green tea. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. I'm gonna, or at least make sure it's not hot. <laughs> I'm going to ask, okay. you know, whenever yes. I do a podcast, I always invite my attorney, Arnold, Ar Arnold, sitting always in it. Arnold. Yes. So what do you think? You think I should give a little disclaimer on that? Is Arnold is nodding his head. Yes. He says, you never know with people. He says, you know, they, they true that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of cancer. Paul writes, I'm a 62-year-old man looking to get information on prostate health, as my doctor said things are not looking the greatest at the last visit. Not the greatest? Yeah. Mm. Just wondering if I can access any of your prior podcasts on prostate health, or if you can give me any, any information on that. Well, yes, there are uh, certainly quite a lot of podcast on that subject and yeah. you know you can also go to the website of dr geo espinosa who is uh 
Yeah. One of the foremost integrative uh, specialists in prostate health. Yes, at NYU. At NYU. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's written some books about prostate health. Mm -hmm. And you can also search my archives. You know, just put in a search in the, you know, there's a search box there. Right. Go to drhoffman.com. Yeah. You can and go in the search box. drhoffman.com. Put, uh, put in Google prostate. D yeah. drhoffman.com prostate. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. they'll... You'll, you'll see a picture of my prostate. It's actually, no, it's not good. It's like when you Google it, you'll see it. <laughs> that reminds me of Ronald Reagan's colonoscopy, and they showed pictures on the news of, the, wow, the pile, the pile up they got. TMI. TMI, really. TMI, too much information. Yes, yes. Okay, Dr. Hoffman, what do you think of nebulized peroxide in the treatment of maybe COVID-19 or other respiratory infections? I, I it's don't, nebulized hydrogen peroxide? I don't think it's such a great idea. Hmm. Uh, I really don't. Uh, in principle, I mean, I know there's some people who think it's the bomb against viruses, mm -hmm. and oxidative therapy certainly is of interest because it's a sterilizing therapy, and it's used, you know, ozone, and, you know, we know when wounds are, wound right. care, we use hydrogen peroxide, peroxide, you know. Right. Uh, I had a little bit of an infected, uh, you know, ingrown fingernail, yeah. and I stuck it in a bottle of hydroperoxide the other day, and you know, I think it did the trick. Last summer, while making cucumber salad on a mandolin, and mm. I uh, thought I literally chopped off you, most of the flesh of my pinky. There are so many mandolins should be outlawed. Oh my god! Talk I haven't used one since. I still have a little PTSD from that. I just won't. Right. My pinky still hurts from time to time. Goes. Like that reminds me. It's like a little nerve thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's it's the nerves regenerating. But I remember my husband running out with the H two O two, and I'm going because I was I I thought I, I was passing out. It was gushing. I had a, a gushing. I had a everywhere. family member, you know. He uh, he texts me with a picture of his fingertip severed, and. You know, he says, what do I do? He said, I just said, put it in ice and go to an emergency room and they'll, maybe they can reattach it. Yeah. Not his finger, but fingertip. Yeah. And fingertips tend to, uh, to, to, they tend to regenerate to some yeah. extent, you know, not like salamander like, but you know, if you can get that. So I said, so he, so he got in a city bike with a plastic bag with ice, you know, <laughs> with a big bandage on his finger, you know, so it was all bloody. Not an Uber, but a city no, bike. Okay. The figure was faster. And he got, he got to the emergency room and, and he said that they, they, they sewed it back on for him. Oh, my goodness. There's a mandolin. A mandolin, honestly. Yeah. Folks, when you use a mandolin, you, you have to use the thing... Uh, the forky thing that you put on the vegetable so that your hand is nowhere near those blades right. ever. Right. Because you would never know until like two, two seconds after. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really something. Whew. Anyway. Oh, I, ouch. So. Anyway, what was H, the question? H2O2. Okay, but nebulized, nebulized okay, so, peroxide. So here's the thing. With, I think that there's the potential for lung damage with H2O2 uh, huh. because it's, you know, it, you, you want to get the right amount that doesn't damage the tissue, uh, but that kills the foreign invader. Yeah. And I think there's a potential for getting uh, too much. It's a pro-oxidant. It's right. a free radical generating thing. Yeah. And uh, I think there it needs to be investigated further. I mean, look, uh, that's how Trump got into trouble. 
you know, he said, well, maybe we can inject disinfectant into people. Or he something. said bleach. He said, right. You know, he said, he's, he was just riffing, you know, and in his... Yeah, his, I don't know why people took that seriously. He was riffing. Hello. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, so... I mean, are, are you really going to go inject bleach? No. So bleach and peroxide, these are sterilizing agents. And, you know, merely because they work externally to kill bacteria and viruses doesn't necessarily mean that you should take them into your body. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a hunch. It's worth investigating. I think uh, that, you know, also the other thing is if if I had serious COVID, yeah. um, I think I have enough confidence in the conventional medical management of it, which isn't perfect, yes. to try some of the things that they have available now. Absolutely. And not necessarily go for the alternative things because they're merely alternative. I mean, I believe in alternative, but if I get sure. run over by a truck, I'm not going to go like, let me get some, uh, let me get some arsen- uh, some arnica, you know. Yes. <laughs> you know. Some arnica, exactly. Right. You know, it's like, let me, go to, a, a let me go to a trauma center, you know, and, and get the most advanced uh, scientifically vetted therapy. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's a little, um, it's, it's, People with a certain ideologic bent want something that's mm-hmm. uh, an that's unusual alternative therapy. That's not a steroid, maybe. Yeah. That's not yeah, yeah. anything with side effects, although this could potentially have side effects, yes. Okay. We have a, we have a question from Margie. Dear Dr. Hoffman, I've been using alternative medicine practices for my health for 48 years. I've been reading many articles on the use of serapepsidase, peptase, serapepsidase, Peptase. Mm-hmm. No, it's serapeptidase, isn't it? For dissolving plaque on arteries, mainly the carotid. Right. I recently read an article that serapeptase may dissolve plaque, but it can also break off plaque, well, causing you know, a stroke. The living comment on that is that actually in conventional medicine, they do have what are called fibrinolytic uh, medications that are used at the time of a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah. And, you know, with uh, which are being studied, you know, with more or less benefits. Yeah. Uh, but those are injected mm-hmm. and they're not just taken orally. Mm-hmm. So th- by injecting them, they don't get broken down. They go directly into the circulation and they could do something. But they that needs to be studied. And I think some of the studies are coming up yeah. equivocal on that. Uh so, you know, I don't think it's much of a danger that those fibrinolytic agents are going to be so effective that they're going to get into your system and break up the clot and the clot's going to send shards, you know, yeah. into your, you know, into your uh, distal, circul- <laughs> distal uh, organs, you know, like into your brain right. or into your liver or something. But, you know... Um, I think serapeptidase along with the other proteolytic enzymes are helpful in breaking down many things. I know... This particular enzyme uh, was noted for possibly helping uterine fibroids, right? For one thing, yeah, but yeah. I, I remember an old uh, um, enzyme formula we used to use called Vascuzyme. Vascuzyme, yeah. That contained. Uh, but so you know, yeah. I think what at the very least those things might help prevent clots. Yeah. But not necessarily break up. They're plaque. systemic enzymes, right? Right. right yeah. Right. So that they might have a role in mm-hmm. prevention. Mm-hmm. You know, like visual or, you know, something like that. But yeah. do they actually dissolve away plaque? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, we're looking for that kind of liquid Drano thing, you know, the, but we can't use a pipes analogy, mm-hmm. you know. 
I'm pretty soon yeah. we're going to start singing the Roto-Rooter, I think. That was really popular last week. But <laughs> yes. I, I'm not going to go there. Yes. You know yeah. what? And you jinxed yourself because you I said... I did. You, 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 oh, my goodness. You Everybody, yes. Well, then yeah. uh, the, the kitchen sink started to back up. Three days later, it, after this podcast... And your husband, who's super handy, couldn't deal with it. He changed the plumbing, but it wasn't it. He said it was a backup. It was coming from beyond where his snake could go. Right. So we had to call Roto-Rooter, who came in with the monster snake oh, yeah. that could dig its way to China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. Well, we're not going to have another backup for 20 years, apparently, so okay. after all that. Well, so let's not even sing the jingle, because oh, goodness, inviting... You know, we're jinxing ourselves. Oh, my goodness. So... Margie, we hope that answers your question. Roto Rooter's not gonna <laughs> right. do that for you either, but oh my gosh. Yeah. There is a surgery for the carotid artery too, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, carotid too? end arterectomy, yeah. which is an effective Roto Rooter. I mean it's yeah. a cl- cleaning out of the, the artery. But then what is often done is they put in a stent which yeah. keeps it open. Um yeah. so uh you know, and, and and in doing so they have to be careful because Let's say they dislodge some plaque, yeah. and that plaque can go travel know, to the brain. Yeah, so that is a consideration when they're really, you know, rotorootering in there. Right, right. Okay. And, and that is a known complication of that type of surgery, so mm. not to be undertaken lightly. Right. We have a question. Yeah, give us a, a preview because we're going to go. Ah. We're going to tackle that in part two. I heard about a new injectable obesity drug drug that may be a game semaglutide. changer. Semaglutide. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. is that what it is? Yeah. Saxenda? Well, that's one name yeah, for yeah, it. That's yeah, that's one name for it. Okay. Yeah. Is it? What do you think? What about the side effects? I read the side effects. Okay. We will tackle that in part two. Yeah. Uh, the new breakthrough anti-obesity drug that makes the pounds melt away effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Coming up in part two of today's Television Medicine Podcast, it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Send us questions, please, to radioprogram at AOL.com. we got a nice replete mailbag today, but uh, your question will be answered in the queue yes. next week or a subsequent week. Radio program at AOL.com, the destination for questions. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Muden. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla.